when it comes to succeeding in business or really succeeding in anything in life, we have to be self-aware. We have to know what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are. We have to understand what we're doing well, what we're doing poorly, how to correct them. Self-awareness is an integral piece of success. In this episode, we're talking a lot about how to find that self-awareness and what to do with it. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Tim Jordan, and in every corner of the world, entrepreneurship is growing. So join me as I explore the stories of successes and failures. Listen in as I chat with the risk takers, the adventurous, and the entrepreneurial veterans. We all have a dream of living a life fulfilling our passions, and we want a business that doesn't make us punch a time clock, but instead runs around the clock, in the AM and the PM. So get motivated, get inspired. You're listening to the AM PM Podcast. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the AM PM Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Jordan, and today we have a special guest, Nick Shuket. Did I say that right? You got it right. Nice. You know, I feel like this is a common theme. Everybody that we bring on here, I have trouble with their names because it's so odd. And before I hit the record button, I'll ask you, is this exactly how you pronounce it? And then as soon as we hit the record button, I go, oh, crap, brain fart. How did I say that? So yeah, Nick Shuket. All right. That's right. So Nick, I know you've uh, you've been in the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial space for a while, you know, talking briefly before we got started, you were telling me a little bit about really getting started, especially on Amazon in 2015, you had done OA, RA, wholesale, private label. And since then you have built a brand management company and worked with some of the biggest brands out there, you know, Yankee Candle and like some of these huge ones. And you since started Roman's Tide, which is a basically a brand management agency where you're helping brands represent themselves on specifically that Amazon platform. Did I say all that correctly? Yeah, that's right. Cool. And I know that you're responsible uh, every year through your agency for millions of dollars of sales, I assume profitably, and uh, continuing to grow your uh, building and launching your own brands and private label businesses as well. So you've got a lot going on. And since you've been through that whole spectrum of Amazon selling, you know, from the RA and OA to the wholesale, to the private label, to working with our clients, I'm interested to hear your perspective on a lot of things because you've done a lot of it. Yeah. And on this podcast, we don't always talk to Amazon sellers, although a lot of us that are listeners are e-commerce sellers. Today, folks, we're not getting deep into like how to sell on Amazon. That's not the point of this. But you know, we're talking to somebody who has experienced a lot of the struggles that we do, a lot of the lessons that we do. And today he's going to go through some things like failures, heartbreaks, discoveries, success. And then he's going to talk about some valid points and lessons and kind of like practical lessons of how to apply some of his experiences to our lives. All right. Well, we'll just go ahead and jump right into it. If you have any other kind of intro that I missed, go ahead and hit that. And then let's start talking about failures. It's not fun to talk about, but I'd kind of like to hear uh, hear some insight into this. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've had a lot of those over my life and failure when I look back on it has always led to opportunity as long as I've, uh, you know, maintained an open mind to that possibility. Um, you know, I got into Amazon. Uh, well, actually, it started on eBay was like where I started. And it's because I had a failed landscaping business. Um, I had went into uh, Went into business with a friend of mine. I I had a job doing uh, working at the sanitation district uh, for the Hampton Road Sanitation District. I was doing rotating shift work, going through a tough relationship. Just had my first son, um, and I kept falling asleep at the wheel coming home from work doing shift work. It happened three times. I was like, I'm done. I quit. So I quit that job. Uh, got a loan for 20 grand and started a landscaping business with a buddy of mine 
I went absolutely terrible, right? Like I lost all the money, messed up our friendship. Um, and I actually ended up moving back in with my dad, uh, because I was, I was broke and, um, I just had my son. So luckily I was fortunate enough to have somewhere, uh, you know, to stay someone to feed me. And this, uh, thing came across, uh, across my plate of selling on eBay and it was like $20 to get started. So I just jumped in and went for it. I uh, hit that pretty hard for three months, got some sales. Uh, and then I moved over to Amazon. So that journey would have never started uh, without falling asleep at the wheel, driving home from work, uh, or you know, getting a loan for twenty grand and just it going completely wrong. Right? I'd probably be somewhere like moving a pile of rocks right now or something like that. So, um, and I know that we've never met until this, but interesting story. My first real business venture was a landscaping company. Ah. That did not go very well. <laughs> it was it was bad. I think I was like 20, 21, didn't really know how to manage this. I had a bunch of employees, completely the same thing, took on way too much debt for equipment and all this stuff. And it was a nightmare. But I tell people all the time, like that blood, sweat, and tears from that helped set me up for, you know, figuring out easier ways to make money in life. And interestingly enough, I got into Amazon by first looking into eBay as well. Ah, okay. So the landscape to eBay to uh, Amazon world. So Very interesting. Yeah. And that sucks though, when you have to, you know, move out and then move back in. Yeah, right? it was tough, man. It was tough. And us, especially us guys, we have an ego, you know, we yeah. want to be self-supporting. We want to take care of ourselves and to have to call pops and say, Hey man, <laughs> can I come back? That's pretty yeah. rough. <laughs> But I know a lot of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs, successful business people that have that story, you know, and sometimes even much older. I right now know a guy who is at one point a pretty successful business owner, and he is 37 years old living in his mom's basement. Wow. Could you not? With his wife and kids, by the way, because wow. he had to declare bankruptcy and he had nowhere to go. So, um, but I'm sure, you know, two years from now, he'll be on a podcast talking about his incredible success. So, yeah, you never know. All right. So uh, keep going. Keep talking about uh, about some of the stuff. Yeah. So, you know, I the, I kind of ended up conditioning myself to always see failure as an opportunity now. And, um, you know, when I get something wrong, I just take it as a lesson. And I think that's one big thing that a lot of, you know, up and coming entrepreneurs need to keep in mind. Uh, you know, failure is the, the pathway to success. Uh, just don't really dwell on it. Uh, you know, just focus on getting better and learning from it. And now anytime something bad pops up, you know, I just, I just, I don't really get too down on myself on it. So, um, you know, when I first got on Amazon, uh, I had a bunch of stuff that I threw up to list and, uh, we were doing fulfilled by merchant at the time and you couldn't get the buy box for like 90 days after a sale. Uh, so when I got the, when I finally got the buy box, uh, I sold so much stuff that uh, they actually shut down my account temporarily for a velocity review. Uh, so it was just like another hurdle, you know, and like at that time it was pretty defeating. Uh, but I look back on it and it's, you know, it's it's the pathway to success. You know, I sold so much stuff in one day that Amazon was like, whoa, what the heck is going on? You know, so they had to make sure I was doing everything correctly. So it's just another example of, you know, hurdles that will come into your into your path as you're uh, reaching uh, success, um, you know, whatever path you're on, wherever that's taking you. Yeah. And and you've seen that, like uh, that chart with the up and down chart, like the day in the life of an entrepreneur, like one moment you're on top of the world, the next year, like I suck. Yeah. You know, the, the next moment you're like, oh, I completely crushed that. The next moment you're like, 
oh my god, I'm gonna piss off everybody and and yep. you know be a massive failure. But but I agree. You know, part of being a successful entrepreneur is understanding how to manage those heartaches and struggles and the problems because they are going to happen. Like there is no risk mitigation. Like you can't avoid it all. It's going to happen. But for me, you know, taking a deep breath, turning my phone off for a second, going for a walk outside and realizing, hey, this crisis is temporary has always been, you know, really important to me. Yeah. And I think that's where um, having a plan comes into play. Um, You know, when I first started, I was just winging it. You know, I was just kind of going with the flow. Um, and then, you know, I met my wife and my wife was like, you got to stop working seven days a week and, you know, all, all day and all night and all this stuff. So I started to kind of, you know, create more of like a job for myself, um, and set hours with goals and, and having that goal always allows me to stay focused on what I'm working on and, and the plan that I've set for myself in, in the face of those ups and downs, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to get rid of the ups and downs like they're always going to be there. So I think what sets the successful people apart is they stay on their path uh, no matter what is thrown at them. Yeah, completely agree. Any other heartbreaks that are uh, relevant to to share in all this? Yeah, you know, I just think uh, just looking back on like school and, you know, the way I was I was raised and you know, didn't really have a lot of direction and school kind of was like a failure for me. You know, I ended, I dropped out of school at 16, got a GED and and went to work, you know, school just wasn't for me. And, and that was always kind of disappointing and always will be, uh, because I love to learn. Um, I just didn't want to learn, you know, like the proper place to put a comma and (laughs) stuff like that, (laughs) you know, so, uh, it, it, it's just kind of sad, you know, and, um, I've got three kids myself now. I've got one that's eight years old and I see him in school. Uh, He's been coming to the office with me, actually. So, you know, again, that failure and the way that school kind of failed me, I see it as an opportunity to see how I want to, you know, teach my son things. And, you know, he comes to the office and the first thing we do is make a to-do list. You know, like that's not something I learned from school. Um, It was something I learned from being a business owner. And, and wanting to accomplish my goals. So that always kind of weighs on me a little bit. Um, you know, I wish, I wish school would have been a little different for me. So let's talk about your discovery. I mean, you've talked about, you know, failed business, you sucked at school, you know, 16 year old high school dropout, all that good stuff. But at what point do you feel like your life really started to turn around in this, in this realm of discovery? Yeah. You know, there's definitely a lot uh, to that journey, like some very, personal failures, like failed relationships, um, is a, is a big one. You know, I just really, that, that really boils down to confidence in myself. And I think that's what can be applied anywhere in life, whether it's, you know, business relationship or whatever, um, was I went through these, these struggles that helped me identify things I needed to work on. Um, and then after my son was born, you know, this relationship was falling apart and I realized I had a lot of work to do on myself there. And it wasn't really about finding the right person. It was about becoming the right person. Um, So, and I think that applies anywhere in life, you know, when you truly know who you are, what you want to do, what your goal is, what your idea of success is, and you really believe it, 
and it's not influenced by outside circumstances. It's all coming from you and what you want to do. Then you become unstoppable. Like, you know, nothing is going to get in your way. Um, and I think that's very important uh, to, on that path of self-discovery is really understanding uh, what you want as an individual and what success means to you. Sure. And, you know, it's interesting you're talking about really accountability, you know, uh, maybe it's our generation. Maybe I'm just sensitive to seeing all the time, but I see so many people always blaming everybody else or everybody wants somebody else to bring them success or to support them or to help bail them out or to, you know, it's somebody else's fault that you're upset or that you, and you know, what you said, I think is very valuable. The most successful entrepreneurs or people that I know in general, just kind of man up and handle it. You know, yeah. they understand that you can't always change your circumstances, but you can change the way you handle them, take advantage of them. A quote that I just recently heard was a sail. It's something to the equivalent of a sailor cannot control the wind, but he can control his sails. Right. Right. So like we can just whine and moan about the wind blowing the wrong direction. Or we could flip our sails around and keep moving. Yeah. So, yeah. You got to focus on what you can control. You know, and that's been a big lesson I've learned over time, uh, you know, in my personal life and in my business. So at what point do you feel like things really changed and you started finding quote unquote success? You know, it wasn't when you sold a few things on Amazon or eBay. Like at what point do you feel like things really started to turn around in your life and, and you really started getting a grip on things and becoming more stable and more satisfied? Yeah, I actually remember uh, I was at Disney with my son and we sold a product on Amazon. Uh, we were drop shipping it from a, from a manufacturer. And I made $300 on that sale. Um, and I was at Disney. And I was like, wow, I made it. You know, I'm at... <laughs> <laughs> that $300. Just, but the problem is you were spending 30000 at Disney at that moment. So Right. Yeah, man. I mean, Disney was definitely expensive. But just being able to, being able to make money without exerting so much effort on my end, right? Like if we go back to the landscaping example, you know, you're doing someone's yard and they want, you know, however many river rocks, you know, put around their house, like that's hard work, you know, and like you have to be there, you have to be present uh, for the most part to make that job happen. You know, here I'm just walking around having a good time with my family. You know, I check my phone, see the notification and I'm like, I just made 300 bucks, you know, off one sale. Um, so that was really when I realized that I was on the path, um, that I want to be on and I dived in deeper. You know, we brought my wife, my wife was working for Geico at the moment. I had her come work with me and just paid more attention, uh, to the Amazon business model, uh, and really just dug into it. So you just mentioned something, you said you were on the path, right? And a lot of people will find a little bit of success and they'll stay there. You know, they'll start getting a few sales or they'll start doing something and they'll say, oh, this is where I need to be. And what they don't realize is maybe that path is still going to continue. They're going to continue to to find better opportunities. And, you know, I'm looking at my notes here. You started with OARA, wholesale, private label. So you went from drop shipping something from manufacturer and making $300 to actually building your own brands and trying to create your own products. But you're not even really doing much of that anymore right now. The majority of your time is spent working with other brands. So I know there's got to be some sort of applicable story in, you know, moving and moving and moving and moving and, and finding the place that you settle in 
you know, with the most degree of success and comfort. So tell me about like that migration. How long did that take from all these different business models? And how did you go from drop shipping something, you know, from a manufacturer to now you're representing other brands, some of them, you know, very, very large recognizable brands? Yeah. So, um, you know, we, we started out with the drop shipping and like, I realized there wasn't, there weren't, there were things I couldn't control that I wanted to be in control of. Uh, so that's why we moved to the more of like the retail arbitrage model. We were buying stuff up front and we got in like pretty good with uh, like store managers and store owners. You know, they'd call us early, open the store early for us. We'd give them like a gift card after, you know, we'd go in there and spend like $15,000 or something like that and just really developed uh, really good relationships with them. Uh, and that allowed us to have a little more control over the inventory and, you know, making sure customers were getting orders because it was already at Amazon. Um, and then, you know, that led me to realize like, hey, you know, the Amazon, it's really, you know, I need to get more into the volume and, and cash flow opportunities and things like that. So we wanted to buy even more stuff. Uh, so that's why we looked at wholesale. Um, and then with wholesale, you know, there were still some things we couldn't control. Uh, so we wanted to create our own products. Uh, so that's what led us to that. And, you know, the one thing I didn't really realize about private label at the time was just all the other stuff that comes along with it, you know, building your brand and, and copywriting and the keyword research and the tools that you need to use uh, to properly do those things. Uh, so I dug into that stuff and that allowed me to pick up a lot of other skills and really expanded my network. You know, so now I started, I started going from doing everything myself to realizing I had too much to do and I needed, I needed help. Um, and it became, you know, more about networking with, you know, good copywriters, uh, good branding people, website people. So I'd started to develop this network and these skills uh, that I realized uh, were pretty unique and that other people needed this help as well. So that's why we uh, decided to do the brand management, because now we could kind of offer that as a package to other brands uh, specializing on what we would do on Amazon. Um, and it allowed us to bring more revenue into the business uh, without having to buy so much inventory. Yeah. And it's interesting hearing you say that, because I know so many people that have, that have kind of discovered that as well, because operating a e-commerce business you have to become an expert in a lot of things yeah from logistics to import to you know copywriting to branding to social media and sometimes it's a lot and sometimes we determine like hey there's one thing we're really good at i've got i've, I've mentioned before my buddy carl who was selling and um he figured out that he's really good at prep warehousing and logistics and now his bread and butter is a logistics center by you doing brand management specifically on amazon you don't have to tell yankee candle what their next scent should be Right. You know, how to produce the glass jars and how to fit the lids. But if your bread and butter is like, man, I can move this thing on this specific platform. That's really cool. You can hyper focus on that. And I'm seeing a lot of successful business owners, friends of mine that are hyper focusing on one specific thing. They're still involved in e-commerce or whatever you know lane they were in. But hyper focusing allows you to become exceptionally good at that one thing. So do you feel like this is where you're going to stop? Do you feel like managing these brands, particularly on Amazon, is is the the final version of this or what's next? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely going to be 
more of focusing on our own brands, you know, especially once we make the sales that we want to make um, and, you know, have a good bit more money in the bank um, to really see what we want to do with it. Um, but, you know, my, my biggest, I've all, I've all, I like being busy, you know, I like working, I like helping other brands. Uh, but you know, I got three kids now, so I really want to do what I need to, in order to secure us financially, and then really be able to focus on, you know, just living a great life with the kids and my wife. Um, so I think I'm kind of in the middle of like a, a shift where, you know, I'm realizing that, you know, my family needs more of my attention, um, and a little bit less on work. So, you know, I don't think we'll scale the brand management side of things, uh, anywhere crazy. You know, I know some guys in that industry that are doing some pretty big things. Um, but I really like the idea of, of developing, uh, our own products and our own brands. So here on the podcast, you know, we talk more about general entrepreneurship than specifically e-commerce. But as I've said before, most of our listeners are e-commerce sellers. And that is you. You've, you've been through like the journey of a typical e-commerce seller, you know, from figuring out yourself, doing it yourself, having success. And now you're successfully doing it for other people. As you've gone through this from falling asleep at the wheel, you know, uh, having kind of a tough, tough starting on this. What are some of the practical lessons that you have discovered that you would share with our audience? that you've kind of discovered through your five, six, seven year journey? Yeah, it's, um, I'd say that I'm trying to think of like the, the ones that have had the, the most impact on me. Um, you know, because I, I thought differently in the beginning, right? Like I thought I was saving myself money by doing everything myself. Now I realize I'm just, I was just costing myself money and, and drawing out the process, but it would have been very difficult to convince me of that you know, four or five years ago. Um, so I think the biggest thing I realized is, you know, working with the right people, surrounding yourself uh, with the right people. And, you know, hi, I'm a big fan of like a, having a coach or a mentor, you know, uh, listening to people who have walked down the path uh, that you're going down uh, to help you avoid some of those mistakes or just recover from mistakes faster. Um, so like when I first started out, I was a part of a great Facebook group. Like I don't know that I would have made it without that group. Um, you know, and now that I'm in, uh, still in the e-commerce space, I'm still a part of a really great group, the, the Million Dollar Sellers Facebook group. And like, you know, I can reach out to those guys about anything and they have answers to uncommon problems or something that I haven't ran into. Uh, previously. And then just having like a community of people uh, to support you um, when when things are tough and, you know, also to celebrate with uh, when things are going well uh, has been huge. You know, just knowing it's like working with the right people without managing them. Uh, yeah. You know, it, that's been really good for me. Um, and uh, really just finding the right tools to use and and learning those tools really well uh i used to jump around you know from tool to tool and you know thought i needed this and i needed that uh to to make it all happen and now i realize like i just need to really dial in on a on a few things and just really get good at using those tools to get the job done uh so i think that's the biggest thing i've learned over the years is leveraging the right assets 
uh, that are going to move me closer to my goal uh, has been huge for me. Yeah. And, and tools is an interesting thing because there's always a new tool and there's shiny object syndrome. And, re, you know, regardless of what business you're in, what vertical you're in, that's always something people talk a lot about. And what I see here is I see people jumping around and trying to learn all these tools to get a 1% increase in efficiency or effectiveness. When by jumping in, you have to reteach yourself how to use this stuff. Yeah. You know, if you just stick with what you've got, as long as it's good, you know, stick with what you got and learn how to use it better, you know? And I, I have seen people with login sheets for 60 tools that they're using. I'm like, what in the world? How do you even, you know, like comprehend all of these things? You know, they're not using any of them efficiently. Yeah. So (laughs) it sounds like the main three practical lessons, replace yourself. Yes. That's something I've struggled with because there's a lot of things I suck at. Bookkeeping is not one of them, right? Like I understand, and it's it's weird because I really understand accounting very well. Okay. But it's just, I'm not going to sit down and work on spreadsheets and go and reconcile my accounts. Like I have to outsource that, right? Okay. I understand how digital marketing works. I understand how Facebook ads work, but I am not an ads guy. Like I have to outsource that. And it's, it's tough for us because one, a lot of us are like bootstrap, you know, solopreneurs and we think we can't afford that when a lot of times we can't afford not to outsource that. Yeah. But we also have a little bit of this arrogance. Like I listened to this podcast. I took this course. I am an entrepreneur. I can do it all. And I agree. Like we can't do it all. You know, there's thing we need to hyper-focus on certain things puts the rest out. So replacing yourselves first one. The second one you said was the right people, right? You're talking about groups that you've been in. I, um, you know, I have a, a really good relationship with a lot of groups. I even just partnered with my coaching and mentorship group with Norm Farrar, who, nice. you know, bringing Norm in like to my inner circle was massive. Last night we were having a uh, coaching call. It was like mind blowing the stuff he brought. And I was thinking to myself, gosh, if I had not built this relationship and like shut up for once to listen to what somebody else has to say. I would not have gotten all this. And then the third one you're talking about is finding the right tools. You know, what's that old, um, that old, uh, uh, analogy. If you have six hours to cut down a tree with an ax, you should spend the first five hours sharpening the ax. Yeah. Right. Like that makes a lot of sense. And it doesn't always mean more and greater. It just means getting workflows, getting SOPs, learning how to use things appropriately and uh, moving forward, any other practical lessons you would add to that list of three? Yeah, you know, and just just to kind of reiterate on like the replacing yourself part, you know, like understand what you're not good at and what you are good at, like make a list of it, you know, and then make a list of the things you want to do and you don't want to do and and really try to focus on those things that you're good at and that you enjoy doing. Uh, and when you find that, you know, that's kind of when the magic happens. And like you mentioned, like networking with people, like when you, you can send, you know, a hundred emails a day and, you know, 99 of them get ignored, but six months down the road, you know, that one person answers one email and it can completely change everything. Uh, so allowing yourself to be in a position to be able to capitalize on those moments where, you know, you make that right connection or you make that right move. You need to go in deeper on that. Those things are easy to miss if you're trying to do, you know, keyword research, sourcing, shipping, labeling, like all those things uh, can bog you down. So you really want to put yourself in a position to capitalize on those situations that present themselves that will really just exponentially take your business to the next level. So you said that kind of, it was reiterating replacing yourself. I feel like that's separate. I think that this one is self-awareness. Yeah, we get that. Yeah, I think I agree too, man. And that dies a little deeper. Um, 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that self-awareness comes before replacing yourself. Because if you're not aware of what you're good at, what you want to do, and, and what you want to do and what you're good at, those are two different things. There's a lot of things I'm good at, but I don't want to do them. Yeah. Like just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to. And, you know, we talk about business, we talk about entrepreneurship, we talk about all this stuff, but we don't always talk about the fact that we have a life or we should have a life. We have families, we have hobbies, we have friends, we have other things that we want to do. And that's all important because if we're just 100% focused, life, 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 you know, is 100% revolving around work. Like, and that's all we, we think about, you know, life is work, life is work. You know, we're only going to succeed in life if we build this business. Like, I think we're missing out on something. I've started yeah. fishing a lot more lately. Nice. I'll get up early mornings at like 3 a.m. And it's wintertime here, so it's like cold as crap. And I'll go crappie fishing for three hours. And it's great because my phone isn't ringing and it's just me and I'm looking at the water and I'm just, you know, watching the ducks fly in. And like, I am, I literally have that on my calendar to do once a week now. Yeah. Because it's something I like doing. And like, if you don't focus on those things, you're going to have trouble. And my ability to become more self-aware knows that I need time away from people to reflect. I'm just going to go do my own thing, have some alone time away from work, phone off. So, so you're right. I think that, that the fourth point, self-awareness is massively important. Yeah. And Tim, I imagine, you know, after you, when you take that time to yourself, it probably makes you better when you come back to the office, right? Cause you're not like, man, I wish I was out fishing or something like that because you took the time to do that for yourself. And like, you know, for me, it's surfing, you know, like when the waves are good, that's why I started a business because the waves would get good and I have to go to work and I'd be like, the waves are good. Like, I yeah. want to go surfing. Well, you, you know, I was literally just using the analogy with somebody about, you know, you have to slow down to speed up. And sometimes we feel like the only, you know, we have to prove our, you know, ourselves to our family. We have to prove ourselves to ourselves. We have to convince people this business and, you know, my dream to start a business, operate a business is like, I have to do this. And we think every waking hour of every waking day, that's what we have to do. Yeah. So every hour, we're, you know, hour, every hour we're in the car, we're listening to podcasts, we're listening to webinars, we're signing up for all this stuff. And the analogy that, that I've recently thought about is a horse. Like if you're traveling a long distance on a horse, you can just keep pushing that horse, keep pushing that horse, keep pushing that horse. And it's going to get super slow and you're eventually going to kill the thing. You have to stop. Yeah. And if you don't stop and let it get water and rest and, you know, recharge, you will actually get there faster by stopping than continuously pushing forward. And that's yeah. us. Like we have to take some time for ourselves and it's not just balancing. It's not say, well, less time for work, more time for us. It's more time for us so that we're more efficient, more effective and more successful when we do work. Yeah. Exactly, man. And I think that's such a hard thing to wrap your head around when you're like in that solopreneur stage, you know, and you might end up burning yourself out. Now, some guys like I wish maybe when I was like 20, you know, or 19 that I, you know, could have lived that life where I'm just working all the time. Yep. But you get a little bit older, you know, you start seeing someone, you have a kid like, you know, you just can't you can't do it. So if you're in that situation, you know, I definitely encourage you to you know, pencil in some time for yourself on your calendar, just like you do a meeting. Yeah, you know? absolutely agree. Well, this is really cool. It's been good to hear, um, you know, kind of your perspectives and, you know, some practical lessons that I think are applicable to all of us. Anything else you would add? You're standing on a stage talking to all these listeners. Any other piece of advice or piece of wisdom you would share before we start to wrap up? Um, yeah, you know, one thing to help with replacing yourself and, and making time for yourself is, is, you know, dedicate time to, to writing out some procedures, some processes that you're working on. You know, that's one thing 
uh, that really helped me bring that idea, uh, you know, to life um, was I remember I took a week, I took a week out of work uh, just to, to write out a bunch of SOPs and uh, that allowed me to really delegate properly and still know that the work was being done the way that I want it to be done. Because that's, I think, what a lot of us think as well is like, oh, they're not going to do it as good as I'm going to do it. Um, and you're right, like they're probably not. But the closest you can get is having a thorough process written out um, that allows you to maintain that quality of work. Um, so, Absolutely. you know, make that time for yourself. It's funny, you know, all the, all the people that I talked to in an interview, a lot of them are saying the same things, you know, and, and people are talking about outsourcing yourself, slow down, you know, your, your trials are just helping you grow. You've got, um, for those of you that aren't watching the video version of this, Nick has a sign over his shoulder that says the trials you encounter will introduce you to your strengths. Yep. Right. And the reason I think these themes keep coming up is because these are across the board common for everybody. Like these are all things that people need to hear. These are all struggles that people have. These are all things that, you know, are very relevant to what we're doing. So um, for those of you that are, that are listening, make sure that you take some serious consideration to the points that Nick's brought forth and, um, you know, really take it to heart because I hear it so often that this is valuable. This isn't just Nick popping in, just spouting stuff off that works, uh, you know, works for him or is important to him or stuff he's experienced. Like this is common. Which means if you're listening to this, this is going to be applicable to you. Yeah, definitely. Well, Nick, congratulations on what you've done. You know, dropping out of high school at 16 and driving a truck. You know, there's a lot of people <laughs> that get stuck in that lifestyle. Yeah. And they will never have the money or the flexibility to take their kids to Disney, for example. Right. And overcoming that, especially, I'm just going to speculate here, but it's a little bit tough for you. You know, there have been points, I'm sure, where it was tough for you to imagine yourself running a successful brand agency that represents millions of dollars in sales. Cause you dropped out of high school and you started driving a truck. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're all self-limiting. So congratulations, man. I'm, uh, I'm going to start following what you're doing and I'm excited to see, um, you know, what's kind of in store for Roman's tide, which is your agency. And also let me know when you start launching, um, these new brands that you've got coming up because, you know, I'd like to see what you got going on and see where I can help when I can for sure. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you all for listening. If any of you uh, feel inclined to leave a review on whatever uh, platform you're watching this or listening to this on, that would be really, really cool and helpful. We appreciate that. Thank you guys for all the love and support that uh, you give to AMPM Podcast, and we'll see you guys on the next episode.